Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey folks, I am super excited to tell you a bit about today's new sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, MMC hosts different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Bill Frizzell, Kurt Rosenwinkel, Julian Lodge, Mark Rabot, Wayne Krantz, O'Teal Burbridge, the Milk Carton Kids, and so many more. At an event like Alternative Guitar Summit Camp happening this August, you can expect in-depth workshops with guitar masters, once-in-a-lifetime performances, the opportunity to play alongside your favorite musicians, and a lot of fun. You'll leave this event packed full of wisdom and with a whole community of musicians to create with. This all-inclusive week in the Catskills Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available. Spots are extremely limited. So visit www.alternativeguitarsummitcamp.com moods to learn more. Moods and Modes is made possible by members of our Patreon community. To find out how you can support the podcast directly and receive additional exclusive benefits, go to patreon.com slash Skolnick. Here's episode five. From Brooklyn, New York, this is Moods and Modes. I'm your host, Alex Skolnick. I'm probably best known as a professional guitarist. I'm also a writer, a photographer, and someone who occasionally gets told to keep his opinions to himself on Twitter. This podcast will involve music and guitar, but it may take us to some unexpected places as well. So, thank you for joining me, and let's do this. up buttercups we have a very special episode for you today so let me tell you about who you're hearing Nierfelder is our guest today that's him and myself in my condominium in Brooklyn we are both Brooklyn residents in fact this was done within a week or so of the recording that ended up being episode two with Prasanna. Now, the original idea was to do a whole bunch of sessions like this. It became challenging 
because I was on the road most of the year. And the setup's not that easy. You know, you have to meet up, you have to have enough time, not only to sit and hang and play, but also mic up the amps and get all the sounds right. And those of us who live in New York and do music full-time are so busy, it can be very difficult to get together and play. Now, I don't need to tell you that the events of 2020 have made things even more difficult in that respect. So there are a limited number of these jam episodes, so to speak, but I'll be sprinkling them in in between the story episodes. And don't worry, we're going to get back to the music. You're going to hear all that and more. In fact, we have so much music. This may be a two-parter. And just one more thing before we continue. This is an FAQ, a question that kept coming up after episode two with Prasanna. That was our previous jam episode. And that question is, did you guys make that stuff up on the spot? Did you plan it? And here is your answer. There is no planning whatsoever. We just picked up guitars and played. It's a conversation, just like a verbal conversation. Now, in the case of Prasanna, we knew each other a little better. We had done a couple gigs together, including rehearsals, which of course included coffees and lunches. (laughs) Nier and I had only met once, and we had played the same gig, but weren't on stage at the same time, and there were no rehearsals involved. So in a way, that really brought a lot to this episode because we're getting to know each other, yet playing music that's totally spontaneous other than deciding on a key or tempo moments before beginning. I should also point out, it would be hard to do an episode like this with just anybody. Uh, For some of us, improvisation is a sacred component of music. It's not held in the highest regard in terms of pop culture, especially Western culture. We're not hit over the head with improvised music, the way we tend to be with music that's mechanical, micromanaged, and manufactured for mass consumption. When people do discover improvised music, however, they tend to stick around. So if this podcast helps some folks discover improvised music, well, to quote a figure from the most tawdry tabloid corners of pop culture, Charlie Sheen, winning! Now, before we get back to our music and conversation, just a few more things you should know about Nier. He has found an interesting balance between the more accessible world and the high-level improvised world. Yet even within those opposite ends of the spectrum, he's got quite a bit of variety and diversity. For example, he's done a tribute concert to Pat Metheny, where Pat was in attendance, and it also involved Bill Frizzell and uh, Reza Bazi, who's also going to be a guest here. I'm so excited. And uh, he also did a tribute show to Alan Holdsworth, radically different type of player. Now, that's where we met. I was on that show as well. Now, he's somebody who can appreciate Holdsworth and appreciate Matheny, but doesn't sound like either one of them. And while his resume includes being on the stage and or in the studio, with some of the most noteworthy names in jazz, such as uh, Brad Meldow, Jack DeJeanette, uh, the newer artists like Keon Harold. Uh, it also includes some more uh, pop names, like uh, sitting in with Dave Matthews or doing a tour with uh, Ben Platt, who is the young actor known for Book of Mormon, Dear Evan Hansen. And in that capacity, Near got to be on the Stephen Colbert show, play Radio City Music Hall, 
And it's nice to see somebody who is one of those players who is clearly impacting the jazz guitar world and changing things, shaping its future, yet also stepping into these other situations. At one time, that wasn't very common. And another way in which he's made his own rules is in terms of which guitar to play. Hence the title of this episode. At one time, playing a Strat in jazz guitar situations was really frowned upon. And the guitar in your place is not only a Stratocaster, it's one of those ones, the building of which was outsourced by Fender to Mexico. So these are guitars not exactly sought after by collectors. They were made more affordable for uh, budding guitar players. It's the one he's had forever. And no, it's not going to turn heads at a vintage guitar show. But if you happen to catch the Kennedy Center Honors, there he is backing jazz luminaries with that guitar. Or if you happen to attend the Dave Matthews Band at Jones Beach, and he comes out, there he is with that guitar. And how nice is it for somebody to realize that the guitar he's had all along does everything he needs it to do. That's why today's episode has what the French might pronounce as a double entendre, and uh, we Americans might say is one of them double entendre things. The case for a cheap strat. So what you're hearing right now is us just getting sound. Nier's playing, I'm tweaking knobs. Now in a moment, you're going to hear me play some things in response to what he's playing. And that takes us into a jam. Again, totally unplanned. I'm going to let this play about halfway because it's pretty long, although it goes to some pretty cool places. Hopefully you will agree. You know, I'd mentioned that some jams have a quick discussion about key or tempo. Not this one. This is one of those ones with no discussion whatsoever. It just happened. And you will hear the whole thing, but there will be some conversation midway. Then you'll hear the back half. So I've just come in and I'm tweaking my sound. This is almost like a nature documentary, David Attenborough. The other musician is about to come in. He doesn't want to play too much too fast. Um, I'm panned a little bit to the right. He's panned a little bit to the left, so you know who's who. The amps sound good. Tones dialed in. Mic levels are set. Things are about to kick off. And let's listen in.
Yeah, man. Good. Got that down? Sick. Got it. Fun. Super fun. I love it when shit just happens like that. That totally worked. Now it's like listen back to it and tear each other apart. I like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we were talking about like the the wealth of learning materials available uh -huh. now. It's crazy, you know. You have right, so many insane. sources that we didn't have. Um, I definitely didn't have them. Uh, I wish I did. Right. But like what we did get to do that I'm not sure everyone's getting to do is we got to play a lot. You know what I mean? So I think that's why something like that works because we're used to just playing a bunch. Like you know, we logged a lot of gigs and a lot of hours. Yeah. Uh, playing with other people mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe just you know practicing alone which is great too but uh i think that you know in order to develop a kind of interactive listening flexible thing you have to play with other people as well and uh it's partially that we live in new york and that has, kind of stuff happens a lot here but one of uh, the things persona and i were talking about was the whole notion of the guy who locks himself in a room for 12 hours yeah and, uh, is that necessary and did you ever do it were you that guy ever? I wasn't that guy on the level of, say, you know, some of the people I'd read about. Like right. Ingve, you know, right. the first guy that comes to mind. I had occasional days like that when I was getting started. And I think there's something to it when you're, when you're learning, when you're starting out and you're developing technical skills. That's fine. But Knowing how to practice is pretty important, yeah. right? Because if you're locking yourself in a room for 12 hours but doing... Yeah. That's not super helpful. Yeah, that can be. But helpful. if you're playing along to records, that's the one thing. Which is other, you're actually playing along with other people. I think you can practice in, improvising, like really in the moment, improvising alone, locked in a room. No. Did I you think, do it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had, a, I had a, a period. I wish that I it had lasted longer, but right. I locked myself in a room for a, a good year. Mm. A good year. That's good. That, that was, was probably really mostly helpful. locked in the room. Oh wow! But that you. was a long time ago, and I want to do How it again. Uh, that was, I think, like the year I really remember yeah. was my second year of college. So mm -hmm. I was nineteen, and I just felt so overwhelmed by anything that I, I felt I had to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt behind. I, st I mean, I still feel behind sometimes. A lot I mean, of times. We all do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm not the only one. You are not the only one. Thank you.
it's fun when we're playing together because the, the groove is so solid. Oh, cool. And I'm think, always uh, worried about my... I'm, I'm always trying to get that better. It's That's like, hard without drums. Yeah. But then again, we rely on the drummers to... Yeah, it shouldn't be hard. That, yeah. It shouldn't be hard. It should be easy, but somehow, you know, that escapes sometimes like you know people worry so much about harmony especially in the jazz world yeah they're so focused on harmony all the other stuff's out the window what do you recommend to practice that for people to man get i have a whole again? slew of exercises that i've what i what i recommend more than anything is making up your own exercises and uh -huh. not relying on people to give you the materials so like whenever i i teach a class at the new school now oh cool and uh that's this is what we talk about mainly it's like all these exercises that i've made for myself but it's just kind of like a fundamental system of like making stuff up for yourself, you know, because you want to keep going with this for your whole life. And, yeah. you know, if you're practicing the same thing, you're going to run out of interest and, you know, it might not get you anywhere after practicing the same thing. You get really good at the one exercise. Yeah. So you have yeah. to be able to keep giving yourself more. So, so definitely the metronome. The metronome, like but also, I've, I've also started to, you know, you also want it to feel good, which is sometimes right. obscured by a clicking device. You know yes. what I mean? So maybe like recording yourself and listening back, but also you know when it's right. You know what I mean? Like you can play and just really focus on, on the group part of it and be like, is this right? Does it feel great? The thing is that like now, pop records are made in a certain way that like things are more or less perfect, right? They're, they're like, so perfect that it's not even human. It's not, but it's, it, you know, we listen to it and, and we've internalized it as being yeah. good. Yeah. Right, so we have to try and like compete with the machine or whatever right. it is, you know. Right. So it's like we're we need to be a little tighter than we used to be. At the same time, like you know, I listen to the Stones or something. It's loose, but it's incredible. You yeah. can't. It doesn't feel better than that. And I'm just gonna chime in here one moment. It's me, 2020 post interview. Hello. Uh, playing with Nier is like playing with a band. That's what it feels like. A band with a really good drummer. And that's not always... What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York. A podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. The case, sometimes in duo situations, it can be a real challenge to keep the groove together. And it's something that up-and-coming musicians forget to focus on sometimes in the uh, clutter of scales and modes and so much that there is to learn. And even experienced musicians, we tend to get this codependency on playing in our bands or at least uh, playing with our drummers or our percussionists. So when you work with uh, an instrumentalist like Nier, it's a good reminder that time is everything. So folks, we're at the normal approximate midway point where I welcome you to the episode. And I'm, this time I'm going to keep it really short because we have so much great content. But I do want to welcome you. This is episode five of Moods and Modes. And the response, it continues to be overwhelming. The audience is growing. I am grateful if you are a new listener. Welcome. 
If you are an original OG listener from all the way back in July 2020, when we started, it's now September, well, then I have a special message for you. Welcome back. Did you know that was a 251 progression? The music business has gone to hell. But this podcast, Moods and Modes, and your participation and appreciation have been a bright spot in the darkness. So I tend to get a little goofy in certain segments, if you haven't noticed. And I admit I can get a little carried away. But as promised, this time we're going to keep things short. So let's get back to near Felder. And I'm just going to do a little setup. Before this part of the conversation, we had been discussing Sonny Rollins, one of the most influential saxophone players of all time. And I had mentioned that he was very known for never phoning it in and just playing very honestly. So uh, some of the conversation is based on that. And it leads us into some cool ideas for approaching practice and approaching music and just deciding what to work on. And also, uh, full disclosure, we get into this discussion about playing on one string as an exercise. Now, if you were to just drop into the podcast at that point, you might say, uh, okay, you guys obviously know what you're doing on the guitar, but what are you doing? This will make sense in context. By the way, please pardon the noise level during our conversation. It's from the amplifiers, and it just wouldn't have been the same to have to turn them off or have the conversation later. Let's get back to me and Nir Felder. Someone like Sonny, like I said, he's the gold standard. And, and it's like you listen, to his, you listen to him play, and it's like he plays high, he plays low. He plays mm-hmm. fast, he plays slow. He's playing triplets, he's playing 16 plus, he's playing 18 plus. It's swinging, it's even. And uh, it's not disjunct, it's complete. You know what I mean? So he's just mastered the possibilities of of music. And to me, that's really a lot more interesting than any, like, harmonic devices or anything like that. It's like, maybe I want to work on playing low. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to work on playing high. Maybe I want to work on playing in the pocket. Or maybe out of the pocket. You know, free. Like, when we started playing like that, no, out of time. Um, rubato so like having some sort of concept of like what are the elements of music how is music made what's it made up of and then once you start you know figuring out you can never have all the answers but some of the stuff that's made up of okay let me like focus on the opposites there and kind of try to expand my horizons into more of a complete picture so that in the moment you know if something if it calls for staccato i'm there yeah if it calls for legato i'm you're ready i'm yeah i'm there you know and so you consciously pick out these things to work on yeah just in case they come up yeah and it it, well it's more like okay this is some of my practice Mm -hmm. stuff like uh, like i said before i'll just make up my own exercises maybe i'll say okay i have to play a line that's staccato Uh and then it turns into legato in one line oh that's interesting and then maybe the opposite and then maybe like one staccato phrase one legato phrase back and forth improvising so really i'm practicing staccato and legato but i'm practicing improvising yeah i'm just giving myself some little rules that i have to you know you have to deal just like when you're in whatever like you said the monitors are wrong one night you know you have to deal Mm -hmm. so it's just like forcing yourself to deal while you're while you're practicing that's a really good idea and uh and like using all the different you know 
you could substitute staccato and legato for high and low or yeah. fast and slow or loud and soft or any little you know quintuplets and triplets whatever you want you know what i mean yeah and so playing low for example you mentioned that yeah man i'll just practice like okay let's you know let me take a solo over whatever blues or and just you know like put it on like my just lowest two strings or something i'm just messing yeah. around but like you know only be able to yeah let's try it one let's try it. two i want two three string you know trying to make just the low e string just the low e string yeah i think the time before i was doing the low e and the low a but all right i'm gonna try that okay i mean if it's terrible i may not i mean i didn't mind not to release this but it's gonna be you know it's not gonna be your best playing but that's not the point right sure just the low e i fucked up already let's trade courses one okay two Thank you. 
that's a great tip. It's a fun exercise, and and all sorts of weird other exercises, a la that you know, where like you you force yourself in some limitation. Yeah. And I think that that's what gets you ready to you know, improvise in the moment. Yeah. Stuff, You're doing some stuff, stuff there like that. that's just like. What is, is that? It, is like, it weird? I don't know. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's great. No, suddenly, I'm like, oh, there's so much more. Well, like I told you, you the story about the, the pedal. I, I like, I like stuff that's a little weird and different. You know, that's what yeah. I gravitate towards. So it's it's nothing that's anything unusual, other than that it's like intentionally a little bit unusual. I and there's a little bit of thumb action. Now, I've seen oh, you over do the that neck a few times. Yeah. Play, oh, I don't even notice that. I think that the the scale length and kind of the neck shape of this guitar makes it kind of and you know my hands pretty big in comparison to this so it feels natural yeah. and um you know I've, I've been lucky to not have any you know it, this is the comfortable way for me to play oh you have a cat yeah yeah you're i kidding? hope you're not allergic <laughs> i am but i haven't felt anything so oh, yeah? far okay so good. that's good that's a good sign hey baby yeah i can uh keep her hey. in the other room no, she's cool okay if i start freaking out i'll let you know hey oh hey hey giz don't drink my coffee gizmo giz. yeah. gizmo gizmo's a girl <laughs> oh she's cute her name's giz Hey, hey! Thanks for saying. We got to keep this part in the podcast for yeah. sure. <laughs> very, very Gizmo's arrival. Absolutely. And it's me chiming in again. So often at the end of each episode, the very end after the closing theme, I'll include a blooper. There was a blooper that involved Gizmo the cat, and ever since then, I keep getting requests. Where's Gizmo? We want more Gizmo. So there you go. Gizmo showed up. We're, we're keeping that segment in. Which might be all the blooper we need for this episode. We shall see. One other thing you may have noticed, uh, there's a difference in sound quality during that blues jam when we're playing on low strings. Uh, the reason for that is you were hearing us through vocal mics. I really wanted to share the dialogue that was going on. And there's no dialogue through the designated guitar tracks because you can't hear the mics. And to hear those tracks and the vocal mics, which are also picking up the guitar amps, it was just over overpowering. So that's why there's a difference in sound quality. We will go back to our normal sound quality for the final jam, which is coming up. But first, one thing we haven't gotten into yet is something I know you're all looking forward to. Your favorite topic in the world, politics! <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to get into any specific issues. But um, So I'm not kidding in the opening theme where I mentioned getting occasional pushback on Twitter. In fact, I've been the subject of news articles sometimes because of my outspokenness on political issues. And uh, Nier is also a uh, politically aware person, and we follow a lot of the same journals. He's also well-read now, did you hear that just now? That was a notification that just came in on my iPad. Normally, I would hit stop, turn the iPad on airplane mode, and redo the sentence. But it is so perfectly on topic because I was mentioned on Twitter in a group thread by uh, Richard Marks. Yes, that Richard Marks. Richard's better known for songs like this, but as I pointed out once on Twitter, his, his tweets are like extreme metal. <laughs> he does not hold back. 
He is not afraid to put people in their place, and he is the most outspoken of us all. So I seem to have a squad on Twitter, and it includes Richard <laughs> Peter Thorne, who is he's uh, L.A. studio guitarist, played with Chris Cornell, uh, Tracy Guns, legendary guitar player, and and other others as well. So while those guys are my regular Twitter team, uh, Nir and I also sometimes interact or share the same posts. Um, he's a fan of Sarah Kenzier, who's a friend of mine, an author and a uh, great uh, writer on politics and our current state of events. And uh, Nir and I would be remiss not to discuss being an artist today and having convictions, sticking to your convictions during a time when you're often expected to just keep quiet. Stick with music, stick to guitar. So uh, we're going to discuss that a little bit right now. Yeah, man, well, we haven't talked about politics at all. That was going to be we have thing. Yeah, we, we, we should. We were going to get to Well, um, the funniest thing to me in these times is, is that the just the trope of, like, musicians shouldn't talk about politics. To me, music and politics are... They're tied. Right, completely. You can't, and you can't help it. I mean, it's a fantasy to think that, that musicians could be apolitical because look at the facts. You know, music is not allowed in some places, certain types of music, or music is censored, you know? So it's like, it's a, precon a certain type of politics. It's yeah. a precondition of doing what we do. We're lucky to be able to do it more or less freely. I mean, it's not guaranteed that you'll survive economically off of it, but just the underlying fact that you're able to do it for people who try to say, you know, musicians shouldn't talk about politics, it's that to me is a heap of garbage. A lot of the most inspirational music was in, informed by politics. You know, H yeah. Hendrix, you know, sure he he was the you know this great guitar player, but it was his music was protest music. I mean, talk about jazz music. I mean, what the fuck is that? John about? Coltrane, yeah. Was he? You know, Alabama. The song by, by John Coltrane. That's just one, one, one example, but I mean, the whole genre, though, is like, you know, people that were oppressed. Like, yeah. You know, not not subtly oppressed, but, you know, oppressed, and, you know, they made art out of it. And, you know, if we like that music, we have to respect the, the conditions it was made under. To tuck it into that corner and try to say, you know, that that's just something that, that yeah. I, it just gets me. Not, yeah. that, not that you have to talk about it, but when you do open yeah. your mouth... For someone to come along and say, hey, man, you know, this isn't about that. He's exactly right. No one is saying, you must share the exact same beliefs that we have. No. All we're saying is, do not challenge our right to express our convictions and opinions. In the words of some guy I saw online at a Home Depot or some other shop expressing his unwillingness to wear a mask for the protection of other customers as well as himself idiot last time i checked i woke up in a free country As promised, this is the jam that kicked off today's episode. I'm panned to the right, he's panned to the left. And now I will stop talking.
do something different. We're going to go out on this music instead of the usual theme music. I want to thank Nier Felder for being such a great guest, a great player. Everything you heard today was him and I in my Brooklyn condominium, with the obvious exceptions of my silly song quotes and my quick Caribbean loop jam in the monologue, done by yours truly while producing. Now, you're hearing me solo right now, but it's made so much better by playing with Nier. Hopefully, musicians can play together more soon. very lucky to be able to play with artists like this. In the time since this episode was recorded, Nier's album came out. This is actually timed rather well. It came out rather recently. And it's called Two, the Roman numeral Two, available on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, and you can purchase it on Bandcamp. And uh, Nier's website is nierfelder.com. N-I-R-F-E-L-D-E-R dot com and he is also on Instagram and Twitter. Give him a follow. Moods and Modes is produced by yours truly, Alex Skolnick. Edited by yours truly, Alex Skolnick. And forgive me for all this credit taking, but it is my little brainchild. Yet it would not be possible without you, the listener. So I want to thank you. And special thanks to our Patreon supporters. You make it all possible. And if you would like to join us, go to patreon.com slash This has been a lot of fun. I will see you on another episode very soon. Thank you so much. Be safe. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. Features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.